Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for, and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I, of course, cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners, and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions, because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. My co-host this morning, my father, Michael McNamara. Thank you so much for being here. Standing by. Lovely to host with you. Uh, Before we get back to our topic, we're going with a caller. So we have Alan from Weymouth. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. How are you folks today? Well, thank you. How are you? What can we do for you? Uh, well, I have a couple of questions to ask, and I think I'm not the only one that needs this question answered. Uh, a week ago, my wife passed away. Oh. And when that happened, what happened to the other spouse on Social Security? Both of us were collecting Social Security for years. So what happened? Does that change my amount? I assume that my wife stopped, and as soon as I get them, I suppose I should bring a copy of her death certificate to the local security office. And what else do I need to know? Thank you. Are you going to hang on the line with us, or are you hanging up, Alan? I can listen for a minute or two. Okay. Stay with us as long as you can, please. Okay. First of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. Um, regarding Social Security for married couples, the when one spouse passes, basically it's not basically the higher of the two benefits stays with the surviving spouse. So is your Social Security income higher than your wife's was, or was sure, was hers the larger of the two? Uh, I got around approximately fifteen hundred, and she got a little over eight hundred. Okay, so if her Social Security was the smaller of the two, then her Social Security income would stop and yours would remain the same. So there will be there will be no changes. If your income was lower than hers, you would receive the larger of the two going forward, but because yours is bigger, it's my understanding that there would be no change. Okay. Okay. Uh, the time that uh, Social Security can provide $255 for the person uh, finance, finance finances at end. Is that possible or is that gone? No, I think that is still yeah. the case. That's I think basically there's a small a burial death, a, yeah. a award, basically, yes. Yeah, a small, a small little death benefit, yes. So, yeah, you would you you should notify the Social Security Administration. I'm assuming you can go that, do that online or, or just call them. I'm not sure if you can just pop into the offices right now. Actually, I don't know if they're open, uh, are they? Actually, the uh, funeral home right. will probably take care of the filing that. That's that's a service that funeral homes can often provide, by the way. Cool, cool. Okay. Uh, okay. Alan, uh, I got a couple questions.
questions for you, but have you, do you have some more for us? Uh, this is a, again, we're so sorry, but this is a, one of the subjects we were going to touch on today. So do you have some more questions for us? Right now, that was the main one that I have. So as soon as I can, soon, I should bring a copy of that certificate to the Social Security office or call them and then work from there. Yes. Uh, okay, thank you. Have a good day and stay safe. Uh, okay, thank you, Alan. All right, Alan, take okay. care. Uh, we're going to uh, touch on death and dying here at some point. Maybe now, maybe next week if we do the show. But, yeah. But, yeah um, it, you know, we'll, we'll leave that alone. Thank, thank you for the call, Alan, and good luck with that. I, I guess my yeah. last comment is that no, nobody... If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and oh. try again. <laughs> Where's Tim? Help, Can you hang, hang up the phone, Tim? dial your operator. <laughs> I thought it sounded weird Hello? after he hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Which he didn't actually. Small town radio. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> thank you. All set. Uh, so so no, nobody's prepared emotionally for, no. for with yeah. something like that, but yeah. I was going to ask him, and as politely as I could, that, you know, have they done some planning about this in terms of you know wills and powers of attorney and and wh wh where do I want to be buried? I mean, yeah. there's some uncomfortable problems that arise or discussions that arise, uh, you know, planning for the death of anybody, sort of a thing. And that was a, a yeah. call, you know. You, you, I guess the the short story, and we might not get into it this show, but the short story is, it's uh, it's a problem that people hate to talk about or easy to ignore. Uh, and there are so many things that fall f flow from that happening that it's just a huge piece of a financial issue that people need to deal with, hopefully as far in advance as you possibly can. And uh, yep. that's just the end right now. We can get into the details at some point about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like we'll do a whole show on that. You know, that we, I just say we got three yeah. or four related to that. So, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, a year or two or three ago, probably now, you did a whole bunch of work putting together a piece for families yep. to help walk them through yep. um, financially speaking and, and, and otherwise um, after a family member passes. So I think we should probably do a whole show on that topic. Yeah. You yeah. know, you okay. having some personal experience in yeah. the last few years. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, okay. Let's get back to our list of financial stuff people hate to talk about. Number four of 20. Um, <laughs> yes. And I actually wanted to go to number four on the list. No kidding. In your order, of, uh, your order right. here that you put together. All right. And so I'm, start with the problem. So, I'm, yeah. so the problem, yeah. financially speaking, is living a long life. There you go. Yeah. It's a plus and minus to looking at that yeah, I know. problem, right? I said financially speaking. <laughs> yeah, good, good point. Yeah, yeah good and, point. And, yeah. Um, but, fine, but it's something that needs to be planned for quite carefully if someone is, is going to live a long life, or that should be planned for. Um, it's financially uh, stressed to the portfolio. Yeah. It can be if, if you know someone lives a long life. In other words, assets need to last longer, yeah. um, and can be a stress to the portfolio in the way of added expenses later in life if someone needs um, help, extra services, uh, long-term care services, whether it's at home or or uh, in an assisted living or nursing home, et cetera, um, but can be a financial stress to the portfolio. So I'm going with the problem financially yep. of living a long life. Yep, okay, and assuming you still know who you are, hopefully. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so so yeah, um, by the way, this one fits in the either some people hate thinking about it or some people just ignore thinking about it. You know, it <laughs> kind of depends. Uh, and, and unfortunately, uh, usually the trigger for people starting to think about it is that a loved one or a dear friend or a family friend had that experience and it can kind of get some thinking. But anyway, yeah. uh, so, 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 so the short story is that in, uh, in these days when we're living and living longer, uh, you know, at some point in, in uh, many lives of folks listening to this show, there's going to be some time spent in a long-term care facility. By the way, this is not a medical issue, folks. It's right. a care-for-yourself issue. That's very different, which is why it's not it, paid for. It's interesting you said that because yeah. I, I try to bring, you know, this topic yeah. up to all my clients when appropriate yeah. and where appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I start talking about, you know, long-term care, et cetera. And, and the ve a very common response is, well, we take really good care of ourselves. We're really healthy. Yeah. 
And but but and 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 it's like well that's the that's exactly the point, yeah. it, right? Right? If, if someone is healthy and takes good care of themselves, that could translate to living a long life, and that's exactly the financial problem, yeah. Yeah. right? It's not people sort of think, you know what I mean? They think about it backwards. I yeah. think yeah. Yeah. Um, if someone. Is awful to think about, but was sick and passes quickly without needing care. That's not a financial yeah. strain. It's actually the people that are healthy and and which can sometimes lead to living a long life. That's exactly the problem. Yeah, and it's tough to get data to make decisions on this. It, a, it's scary and it's t- and it's expensive one way or another to deal with it, mm. and it's probably more expensive not to. So if you can, if you can, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about here. But but you know, I, the, the, you know, the first thing you got to think about when you're talking about is it a risk you know what are the odds that it's going to happen to me or a spouse i mean i think that's a, anytime you have a, yeah. a problem that involves risk you're asking yourself what are the chances uh i i was noodling around uh the internet in my uh you know fourth or fifth grade fashion uh and and somewhere i'd said 70 there's a 70 percent chance that anybody, okay, yeah. b- before uh, before you die, of spending some time either being cared for at home for yeah. some period of time, yeah. and or in a in a, a nursing home care, okay, which is by the way administrative care, and and it's not medical, not medical care. care. There's, yeah, there's a, there's a, that's just, why they draw yeah. the difference. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, if you listen to just an insurance person, you know, it, 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 you, you got to kind of figure well. You know how, how long? You know what? What are, what are the breakdown of the statistics beneath that? And I'm not sure if you'll ever get them. To be perfectly honest with you, maybe, maybe there are some independent organizations that kind of help you out. Right, there are insurance companies yeah. that do the study. Yeah, but but, but they're the, pretty comprehensive. Yeah, but but the I, I think the the first comment is it's a problem that's pretty widespread in terms of the proportion of people it's going to affect somehow. It's, it's a bigger risk yeah. than people think that yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's I, a big I, risk. Ag- agreed. Okay, uh, and uh, and. Unfortunately, okay, um, there, there are only, as near as I can figure, there are only four ways you can deal with this, okay? And we'll kind of break them out here. But, yeah. you know, so, so what do you do? Okay, well, you can purchase insurance. I'm just going to list them. We're going to go back and kind of tear them apart here in a moment. Okay. But, or, I'm sorry, analyze them. Okay, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can buy the insurance to protect you against that, Okay. There are some legal strategies that I believe still work that may help you out, mm-hmm. okay? If you have the assets, you have a choice about whether you decide to run that risk and pay for it for on your own. And if you don't have the assets, you don't have any choice. You have this risk and it's probably going to, you know, it could be pretty kind of nasty. So mm-hmm. those are like the four, you want I, I can't think of any more ways Generically, to deal uh, with. I this. think that under that fourth one, yeah. whereas you don't have the assets, you can apply for Medicaid, or, the sta- or, and state would assist you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, is, I think that's what you meant by yeah. the fourth one. In that, other that's words, great. you don't you don't have a public choice. assistance. You're, you're going yeah. to be if it happens, it's possible that all your assets are going to be consumed consumed down to like ninety thousand. But I mean, I don't want to get into all and of that. But, apply but the, for but the bottom line yeah. is that that's Medicaid, yep. you know, planning, and you know, I. I I, I, I go way back and forth on this personally. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the whole Medicaid planning thing, I, I get what it is, but, you know, personally where I come from, if it's your problem, you should pay for it. But that's but that's not speaking as a financial advisor, but speaking for myself. Sort yeah, of thing. Okay. and I've had one client to me ever say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, that they don't believe in why, applying why, for state you, assistance. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. assets. I would use my money. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I understand. So that yeah. that's a whole philosophical thing. I'm not yeah. going any further than that. But anyway, so let's take them kind of in order and break them down. Okay. Okay. Yep. So so okay. Purchasing the insurance is a pretty expensive proposition. Okay. Um, do you want to round it off to, to give you a number to talk about so we can focus on something? And again, folks, you, 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 it can cost from ten dollars. To uh, fifty thousand dollars, depending on what you buy. Or yeah, but you want to round it off. I wish there was an average. Well, so whenever I, I cringe a little bit when yeah. someone talks about how expensive yeah. the insurance is. Yeah. So let me just put that into perspective yeah. a little bit. Okay. First of all, yes, it's more expensive than like what people are used to paying for life insurance. That's correct. There are certain types of life insurance policies, term for example, which are very inexpensive, but generally never pay you anything. Yep. Yeah. Um, long-term care, yes, is more expensive than that. But, for example, 
you could pay $6,000 a year for access to, for example, $350,000. So when you put it in that perspective... Folks, you buy a pot of money. Is is that expensive? Is it expensive to spend $6,000 for access to $300,000? That's not expensive to me. And and that's what insurance is. It's leverage. It's I'm going to pay a small amount in case I need this big amount. And, and based on our, you know, discussion just now, there's a pretty high chance, there's a significant chance that you would need access to that amount. So, so in that one regard, that's not expensive. I, if you think about, you know, how many years you'd have to pay that, you know, that's different for everybody. Yes, the cost adds up and you could allocate a lot of money to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I... I, I traditional long-term care insurance policies for people like, for example, in their 60s or early 70s, maybe looking at that. Yeah. Yeah, several hundred dollars a month per person. Three, four, five, six hundred bucks. Personally, your mom and I pay a little over $10,000 a year. Yeah, total. Yeah, yeah. Total between the two of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you placed policies early. Uh, About 10 years ago. Yeah, so early enough where the price was lower, you could have some increases in your future in those premiums. Yeah, funny story, I got denied. I think we applied for it at age 62. I got denied because I you had did a, get denied. I had a knee operation that got scoped. I was walking <laughs> around two weeks later, and they said, "Nope, we can't. You can't qualify. Yeah. You got to wait a year." Or I something. remember that. I, I I can't. But well, you know, think about it. But anyway, the the bottom line is that. In by the way, let's go over some costs. I forgot to. Okay, so, so I, I just again, according to Mr. Google, okay, in Massachusetts. Uh, a private room in a nursing home facility, in Massachusetts, thirteen thousand dollars a month. Yeah, uh, easily. One hundred fifty-six thousand dollars a year. Fourteen or fifteen thousand, yeah, I've heard yeah, easily. Yeah, a month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A- average. By the way, across the country, add fifty percent for the Northeast. Okay. Cost of home care on average. Again, folks, these are just averages. It could be That's nothing or seven that. times that. That one's all over the yeah. map. But anyway, yeah. average cost of home care. Okay, a home care aid at twenty-seven dollars an hour, sixty-three thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. part-time. Uh, and, and that's part-time. Yep. Okay, and by the way, I did get a cost of insurance for a couple age 65, according uh, to The Balance, which is a website, is called $6,000. This is the average across the country of a long-term well, care premium. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. $6,000. Yeah. Okay, by the way, that doesn't say how big the pot of money right. is. It right. doesn't say how long it goes for. It yeah. doesn't say whether, whatever sort of a thing. That's like a middle of the road, yeah. probably yeah. mid six, somebody in their 60s. Yeah, so, yeah fairly so healthy. Again, yeah. in the Northeast, add 25 to 50% of that number. But anyway, so th- those are the costs, folks. Th- those are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the insurance, if you can afford it, is the cleanest way to do it. I agree. Okay. If you can afford it. But, you know, how many people can afford to write checks uh, either per person for five or six or seven thousand dollars or a year or three or four or five thousand. So it's not unfortunately, there's just not a high percentage of people who can pay for it out of cash flow. Okay, And, and, and so the insurance is not. A realistic solution for a lot of folks. Yeah, that, that's all. Okay. Yeah, uh, and, and so that's number one. But for the folks that have the largest amount of assets at risk, yeah, then the where where in my opinion it's more appropriate to carry that insurance. Yep. Then generally it would be affordable. Yep, yep. And you may have a nest egg big enough. Yeah. To carry that cost kind of depends on the circumstances. Yeah, and and w- and you said most people can't afford it out of cash flow. Yep. I don't know if you meant like fixed income type cash flow or if you're factoring in portfolio yeah, yeah, income I, I, exactly. cash flow. Well, if, you, if you're not retired, you're taking it out of cash flow. Okay, fair enough. Okay. You're thinking of someone not re- retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. It's great that we're in different generations because we come at things a little I bit know. differently when yeah, you start yeah. thinking. It's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so... Uh, so they're, they're pretty significant costs. I have a dear friend. It's $30,000 a month for at-home care. A dear friend. Okay. You want to think about that for a minute? Okay. So what, what, what's the cost to have care at home? Well, do you need three you, Do you need uh, three different nurses there, eight hours a day, full-time shift? Do you need somebody to come in and wash dishes and go buy the groceries? Uh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's a risk, and you have to at least think about it. Okay. So yeah. rule number one, uh, thought number one is the insurance for the most of the folks listening to us, that's not a realistic or affordable thing. Plain, plain and simple. So, sorry, but that's just how it is. Okay, uh, I'm going to be careful here on the legal side, but uh, at least as far as we understand it today, we'll qualify this, there are some legal strategies mm-hmm. uh, that one could apply, uh, in, and I'll speak in the state of Massachusetts because that's kind of what we're mostly familiar with, where theoretically 
under certain circumstances, you could protect protect your home from from nursing home care, and or you might be able to protect some of your assets. So if you can't if you can't afford the insurance and you want to try to do something about it, okay, probably the legal avenue is the next choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. pretty common to yeah. at least you know work with an attorney to look to protect equity in the home yeah. because you can still live in the home. Yep. You just can't access the equity. It's not like quite as scary as as giving your assets away when you yep. you, you know you give up equity in the home because many people don't rely on the equity in the home in yep. their retirement it, anyway. Know, it's so an irrevocable trust yeah. kind of. It, there's it, we, we don't get into the details. We're just touching on the broad brush, but yeah. but there are some issues with that. By the way, as financial planners. Okay, uh, sometimes you solve one problem and create another one. Mm-hmm. And there are some disadvantages mm-hmm. to putting your home, okay, in, a, in an irrevocable trust. And, and we've seen a few of those over the mm-hmm. years. You know, uh, let's see, I'll, I'll, make up a, I'll make it up, but folks, I've seen this happen numerous times in my career. Okay, we have a, a, a single person, a, a widow, uh, elderly has a home, wants to leave their home to their children. Okay, uh, put put the home in that irrevocable trust. She can live there and do all kinds of stuff, but she's it's not accessible. It's not her money anymore. Right. Sort of a thing. Right. Okay, uh, and by the way. If, if she has sufficient assets outside the home to live, she's okay. Mm-hmm. But if she didn't, if she needed to access the equity in her home as part of her retirement income strategy, you can't do that inside of an irrevocable trust. So, yeah. folks, if you're going to put your home in a trust and or some money in a trust, you better have enough money left a, to get you through five years of making sure the trust is legal, yeah. but also get you through the rest of your life right. for income. We, we've had a few folks we know run out of money, okay, and they couldn't get to their home. They didn't know that, okay, yeah. sort of a thing. So so uh, all of these decisions, I guess the the thought here is that for any of these decisions, you need to do a lot of thinking and talk to maybe an accountant, an attorney, or a financial planner because there's different things that can ha- you know solve one problem, create another. You may well have to you may be doing something like that. But anyway, so legal strategies are possible, but there are some downsides yeah. that you, that you that you had better plan for and be able to afford, mm-hmm. sort of a thing. Okay, so the the third issue is I've got enough assets or enough cash flow to do that. To okay. pay to pay on my own, to meaning pay up, to, to pay t- on my own, to yeah, take self, the risk, to self insure, self fund, self fund with the ability yeah. to do so is, I guess, how I would say that. Yeah. Okay. And I, I go two ways on that. If you're if you're self fund, and you hate insurance companies and hate insurance premiums and decide to go. By the way, very con- this is a hate. Okay, for many people, yeah. You know, that, that, that problem is a hate. Okay, then what you're going to do is you're going to say, I'll self-fund it, and you can. And by the way, we have folks who could can yeah, pay 150000 You're probably talking about a portfolio in the multi-millions yeah, yeah, if you're talking yeah, about a self-funding. A million and a half for couple warm-ups. million plus yeah, more. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 Okay. But there are folks who could do that and decide to do that. Okay. Uh, by the way, if it comes to that, they'll kick themselves. Okay. And or if it comes to no, that. No, they won't, but the kids will be mad. Well, by the way, they should have told their kids. By yeah. the way, that, if, if you it's decide. Not, it's, not the, it's not the person that yeah. needs the care that's mad about yeah. it. It's, yeah. it's the family. Yeah. If, it's if, the kids. You, if you're going to self-fund and, and make that decision, we respect that after lots of analysis and stuff. But tell your kids. Because they're the ones that are going to say, well, why, you know, what, d- didn't you talk with a financial advisor about uh, your your long-term care costs? Yeah. Okay. So, so the short story is, if you choose to self-fund, congratulations. Okay. You have if you think make you have the assets to do, some to calculate, do that, calculations. Do some, yeah, and, sure, and, yeah. And, and, and do some research. Okay. However, it's kind of funny. On the other side of that, if you had a single person with a million and a half dollars in a retirement plan, they could also probably afford to pay for the long-term care insurance. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if, if you can afford to That's self-fund, thing. think about it. If you can afford to self-fund, yeah. there's a pretty good chance you could afford to pay for the insurance. There's a 100% chance yeah, you could well, afford well, the insurance. Well, it's pretty if, high. Yeah, sure. If, yeah. If okay. you can self-fund. So, so if yeah. you decide to self-fund, why would you? And the answer is you hate insurance companies, you hate pre- premiums, you're, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's it. And or... Okay, I, I'm comfortable doing that. I have no heirs. I have no kids. Okay, uh, yada, yada. That's it right yeah. there. Yeah. It, generally, people that don't have kids are okay, are comfortable taking this yeah. risk yeah. without worrying and, about, and yeah, that's okay. and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. as certified yeah. financial planners, 
we just talk about all the different aspects and, yeah. and as, as long as people have enough of information to make whatever choices they can go for it that, yeah. that, that that's the deal sort of a thing okay yeah. uh, so so if you're selfing if you're self-funding we respect that just kind of I think silly not to buy the insurance if you yeah can I, I, I do agree yeah. I do agree with that okay um, all right, we Holy need to take a break. Moly. Yes, we're talking about <laughs> financial stuff people hate to talk about. So we're going to talk about it today and just let you uh, make you aware of risks, etc. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined by my father, Mike McNamara, this morning, tag teaming today. And we're just taking a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Here's what people want to know about me. Are you a fiduciary? Are you independent and thus are your recommendations for me in my best interest? Are your costs reasonable? Can you help me with my money and making a plan for my future? Fortunately, the answer to all of those questions is yes. Call my office to find out more. 781-834-2010. And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined by my father, mentor, business partner, Mike McNamara, founder of McNamara on Money. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You don't say that at work when we're in company meetings, for crying out loud. Oh, is, am I making you feel old? <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going to, I thought that would be complimentary, you. It calling is complimentary. you my mentor. It is complimentary. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we are talking about financial stuff that you don't want to talk about, so we're talking about it this morning, and we're barely through our outline here, but we'll we'll follow it up with another show in the near future. Um, so before the break, we were chatting about the financial problem that is living a long life, and the, the and potentially, I should say, problem that's living a long life, and the uh, potentially significant cost of someone needing care later in life and, and the expense of that and the four ways to deal with it. And we got through one, two, three, right? Yep. We got through insurance, self-funding, ba- and basically... Oh, and, and legal strategies. And legal strategies, Yep, and yeah. then the fourth one is yeah. relying on state assistance, yeah. i.e. Medicaid. Yeah, and I just... Uh, I have a, had a meeting a few weeks ago that I wanted to kind of describe here, which is, which is mm-hmm. a sad... I, I met some folks that I, for the first time um, and probably the last time a few weeks ago uh, and they were concerned about Medicaid planning, okay, which is basically yep. they they wanted to basically protect assets. Yeah, they wanted to protect assets, and, and the only the only asset that they had of consequence was their home, which was worth a fairly good chunk of money, okay, okay. and with no mortgage, okay. sort of a thing. So, so that was good. Uh, f- financial assets and retirement plans, cash, not much, uh, and and income uh, from Social Security. Well, that's not stellar anyway, but whatever. So that that, that was their income. And they wanted to protect the home, okay, by putting it in a trust, okay? And they were, and, and, and that's, And I that guess was their only asset? Yeah, but see, that was like their own, mostly yeah. their only asset. Yeah. And basically, so the, 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 they started off with that as, well, how can I help you? That's what we're talking about. And, uh, you know, I, it ended up, well, well, wait a minute now, so... You understand, you could could lose this for a nursing home if somebody goes in, okay, or maybe you could pay for some of it, but, but yeah, it's possible. But if they put it in the trust, they were their their life was Social Security income for the rest of their life, and they weren't old. I mean, they, they yeah. could have used the equity in their home to live a probably, and they didn't think about Potentially that. a better life, yeah, yeah, yeah. more and, satisfying and, and life. Believe yeah. me, they weren't in, in huge, you know, their life was okay, but it was nothing special sort of a thing. I, yeah. I, I just, you know, it, it's a hard decision. There's no right or wrong, but so you take this, you know, asset that was worth maybe seven or $800,000 with no mortgage, that by the way, if, if you stuck a reverse mortgage on it, you could live happily ever after for the probably for the rest of your life, at least with their, yeah. their income. Yeah. And, and they want to protect it for their kids, which I, I get, but they were they were going to pay for that. Okay. I, now, granted, if they went into a nursing home, both of them next week, that was the right thing to do. But who who knows about yeah. those situations like that? So it was just really sad. How old were they? Okay, they were uh, mid seventies, um, close to seventy plus yeah. or minus. Yeah. And, and, it was just it was just kind of I left that saying it's just there's no really good decision there if they go in a nursing home they yeah. should have put it in the trust maybe and if they don't go in a nursing home 
They just traded the rest of their lives for it with maybe a little fun or a little excitement or a little travel yeah. sort of a thing. Or, or maybe getting the house painted. I mean, you know, sort of a yeah. thing. So it was just a... Or if they didn't yeah. like, if that wasn't their forever yeah. house, if they could downsize to yeah. something less expensive, take a yeah. couple hundred off the table, yeah. live on that, and yeah. then protect the that, newer, that, less expensive that was, house. That was a decision yeah. we had, okay? I don't know where they ended up, oh, okay. uh, but and I don't, I don't know... But they love their house. Who knows? But, yeah. you know, it, my, my whole point is it ain't a subject that's fun to talk about for anybody, no, even if not. you can afford the insurance or do this or that or the other thing. But, by the way, the the legal strategies, I don't know, what, two, three thousand, four thousand dollars to do the. Oh, I would think four or five thousand. Well, well, you're talking say, about for some lately? trust work. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. To protect the home right. and protecting a s- asset yeah. like that, you know, certainly yeah. worth the money if that's the right decision for your family yeah. in terms of the legal yeah. work to do so. Yeah. Um, but I, you know what, I, I, there's, there's a lot of my clients that I talk to about this and they're interested in the legal strategy uh, or we determine that either the insurance they don't yeah. want it or can't get it or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do something. I make, think make it's, best guess. Yeah, yeah, talking with an estate planning or an elder law attorney about legal strategies to protect assets for, um, for if someone lives a long life, then, you know, I certainly have the conversations, get the information, think about if it's a good solution to you, but I just tell my clients to tread very, very, very lightly with that decision yeah. because it's a huge decision to yeah. literally get assets out, give yeah. assets well, away, get yeah. it. Protecting them from uh, the state, putting a lien on them, for example, if you need to apply for Medicaid means that's not yours anymore. I yeah. gave it away. People don't, and that's and a huge trade-off. Hu- huge. Huge, huge trade-off. And, and irrevocable, yeah. meaning you yep. can't change your mind. Yep. Um, so big decision and just tread very, very lightly. And please, 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 if you're having, if you're thinking about doing this, um, and having conversations with your attorney, please loop in your financial professional. There have been a few times over the years where my clients went forward with something like this without yeah. having the conversation with me in yeah. advance. And then the next and meeting like, you oh. said, you did what? I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, and, and, so, you know, and, and certainly there are situations where I agree it's appropriate, of yeah, course, sure. but please, please, please just yeah. loop in your financial person so yeah. that you can address, you know, uh, Address it from that angle as well. Yeah, uh, um, tax person, uh, yeah. attorney, and financial planner. Those would be yeah. the places to run that by. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I couldn't have said it better. Those are good closing comments. It's a high proportional uh, frequency, and it's a big yeah. cost, and you you know need, at least need to think about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So listen, we've only got through four of twenty. Here. I where, know. Where, where, where you want to go? I don't next? know. I didn't look at the rest of the outline. Well, take a minute. Look at that second page. Okay. I know you didn't finish. So take a minute. I'll, All right. I'll hum. Uh, so what see. financial stuff? do people hate talking about that we want to talk about? I'm going to say um, healthcare. Alrighty. So... And it's not that people hate talking about it. Yeah. It's that people... They hate paying for it. Yes. (laughs) And they don't think through the potential cost of it or they don't know to think through it or they don't understand... The potential size of health insurance yeah. of health costs in the future, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't talk about that much on the show actually, yeah. in terms of just like health insurance and the cost of health care and yeah. all that stuff. I did a show years ago, which I thought was kind of interesting, um, talking about like the relationship between. Um, Oh, I forget what I called it, but we were talking about physical health and I I was trying to make a relationship between your physical health and well-being and your portfolio's health and well-being in terms, and, and the connection was, you know, is it possible that if you take care of yourself physically and mentally and you're physically a well person, yeah. does that translate to less of a stress on your portfolio later in terms of less in the way of medical uh, costs? Uh, I, I, maybe yeah. it was a stretch, but yeah. I but I was, you know, talking through that and I, and I can't remember, I had someone, I had a guest on the show that day that was in the medical field and we were um, sort of talking through that. And I, th- I think there's something to that. I think that, you know, if you take care of yourself physically and mentally and and you have less in the way of, you know, prescription costs later and, and um, you know, visits to specialists and less in the way of physical problems. Of course, of course, there are things out of, you know, your control. And even if you take great care of yourself, people, of course, still get sick. But I, th- I thought there was something to yeah. that. And I thought that that was well, interesting. Well, by the way, do you see my second line after the number 11? What's it say? Do you take care of yourself? Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. And, and, and so, yeah. you know, that, that, the problem is your health. Yeah. Okay. And, and the two parts of it are what are you doing about it? And uh, and what is what does it have to cost to protect yourself against stuff happening, basically? So, yeah. so you know, uh, so hopefully, you know, folks who I think I think this is pretty safe to say, folks who don't take very good care of themselves probably have a higher proportion of health issues mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things than folks who don't. And so I guess the first problem about health, I didn't say health insurance, by the way, I said health. Yeah. The first problem is health is that you ought to try to take care of yourself as best you can. And, uh, you know, if you're if you're a married couple, both working a bunch of kids, it's pretty hard to make time to do that sort of a thing. So I, I get how difficult it mm-hmm. is, but uh, just just try to get how important it is, you know, kind of given the circumstances. Yeah. But, um, oh, I thought you, I've, I thought your bullet was regarding health insurance well, and the potentially well, well, significant it is. cost. Well, well, it is. Of, oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but part of it is how healthy you are to begin with. Yeah. But by the way, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw. We have a. I won't use her name, but we have a client who who is uh, 88 years old mm-hmm. who is now a national deadlift champion. Oh my God, love her. Okay. Did love you her. did you see the picture? Oh, of course I did. I was there that day when she brought the picture in, and I asked her how much she was deadlifting yeah. at age 88. Yeah. Uh, and it was a hundred pounds. Uh, yeah. So, so apparently she's taking good care of I herself. Said, she's 88 and she's lifting weights. You're my hero. I want to be you. I want to be the lifting 100 pounds how, when I'm 88 cool, as well. How cool is and that? And she huh? couldn't weigh 100 pounds. <laughs> anyway. I was guessing, yeah, she was out deadlifting her body weight. More power she's to you, She's amazing. More power yeah. to you, Carol. Yeah, That's yeah, what, we'll yeah, leave it yeah. at that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And, anyway, I love uh, it. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so uh, so please take care of yourself for as best you can, uh, because uh, you you get more concerned about that the older you get, and it gets yeah. harder, sort of a thing. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So the health insurance. My first comment is, it's stupid. The cost. It's absolutely frightening. Okay, uh, and it's get, it gets worse all the time. I, I, I've been saying for years, I can't go much higher, but it's pretty silly, okay? Uh, it used to be... This is a tough political oh, issue oh, as well oh, in terms oh, yeah. of why it's getting expensive. Oh, and oh. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. there's no good... Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, but, but the result... It. Yeah. it used to be that a good chunk of folks working for fairly good-sized companies had that covered. But that's a smaller and smaller proportion that's getting harder and harder every year because the costs are like astronomical. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so by the way, if you're fortunate enough, folks, to have all or a part of your co- healthcare costs covered at work, you don't have a clue about how much it really costs, yeah. and you and you ought to think about that. I mean, you know, if you j- just in case you didn't know, you know, find out if your company is paying all or part of it how much it, the total costs and it'll scare the hell out of you it just it's it easily just, it, it's easily double it, if not it's e- it's four times or five yeah. times as much yeah okay uh and <sighs> so if you're not okay so so luckily most folks who work for most companies have some kind of health insurance and maybe they're paying most of it or so this sort of help but also if you're on your own okay basically mm. as a self-employed person then that's a well, those whole, people understand how yeah, expensive health care is they, they, unbelievable they, they certainly do yep. okay have you got any numbers in your brain about for, for people like that two thousand a month for a family yeah a okay. thousand a month for a single holy moly yeah I mean, if not more than that yeah holy moly mm-hmm. about that uh for, for the folks who are retired and we have these meetings all the time okay you know, you, you, you get your Medicare, but that ain't the whole thing. You, you need to get a, what's called a supplemental insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and so so the math I do, and I think I'm pretty close, is, well, the premium for Medicare is about 140 bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's 140 Okay. Um, uh, give me, what's your guess? I, I, we'll do this per person, by the way, just so folks can kind of understand that. So, so uh, a, a supplemental policy that covers the things Medicare doesn't. We won't get into a detail. Yeah, I don't know, hundred a month. Okay, uh, hundred, hundred and fifty. Oh, I'm, I'm at. I two, think they're. I'm at, I'm at two fifty for most of the folks we work with. Yeah, I guess. Okay. It, Oh, for just the supplement, or yeah, is that just, factoring just, in prescription costs and stuff? Yeah, we haven't got there yet. Oh, okay. Just just the supplement, but but you know most of the supplements I'm seeing are a couple hundred bucks, two hundred fifty bucks a month. Okay. Okay, and that may include that may include maybe that drugs prescription it, plan. It, it, yeah, it may not yeah. sort of a thing. Okay, so if if people are yeah, for, for most of the people that we work with, we would say, well, you're starting off with a buck forty, and you're probably at another two hundred and fifty. Okay, you know, that's on the low side if you've got drug coverage. Okay, well, so so basically you're at $400 a month 
Yeah. Okay, for, for warm-ups. And by the way, some of the policies have dental on top of this or whatever. So, so the, the costs... We haven't got to doctor's visits and co-pays, okay, sort of a thing. But, you know, for, for most retired folks to be adequately covered, or by the way, covered the way you were when you were working, you know, your out-of-pocket costs uh, probably 450 to $500 a month per person. I was just using okay 500 yeah, a month. Yeah, okay. And I was going to say, and guess what that will probably cost you yeah. 10 years from now? Yeah, yeah. More nine hundred a month. Yeah, nine hundred easily. Month. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what's the inflation on healthcare? Costs? I use six yeah, percent. Even yeah. if we used five yeah. percent, that's going to cost you eight hundred bucks ten yeah. years from now. Yeah. So by the way, so folks who are a getting, month, yeah, getting closer to retirement already know this because they've been thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But and, and again, if you're, I, I guess if you're working and paying for it yourself and have it. You don't think about it much, I guess, which is good. But so the people who get scared about this are the folks who are approaching retirement, did some looking around and said, holy moly, what happens next? You and know, it's sort of a, you know? a, a, a huge cost for people who ro- want to and will be retiring before age before, 65, before age which 65. is a huge yeah. percentage of the population, <laughs> especially the younger people. Yeah. So if you're going to retire at 62, you got three years of coverage on your own. And yeah. th- and by the way, lots it's of huge. people are delaying that because they saw that number sort of a yeah. Yeah, okay. lots of um, optimistic young working professionals now envisioning yeah. earlier retirements yep. and planning for the potentially very significant cost of health care, especially in those gap years, yeah. pre-age oh, yeah. Medicare 65. Oh, yeah. um, huge, yep. certainly something that yep. needs to be planned for carefully. Yeah, so, so I'd say that the average, uh, an av- again, everything is average, folks, but you're talking about four or $500 a month per person mm-hmm. in retirement. If you're on Medicare, having a decent policy. And again, in Massachusetts, everything's more expensive. I'm sorry, folks. It's just, <laughs> just how it is. We have some of the greatest health care in the world, and, yeah. and and there's a reason for that. Uh, but anyway, so it's, you know, so we, we will budget literally for most or a lot of folks we work with $1,000 a month, mm-hmm. okay, for health care costs. Well, let's see. That's 12000 bucks a year. Average Social Security check across the country is about fourteen. You know, you want to do a little math if you didn't, you know, if, if you were paying that on just two Social Security incomes, it's, it's just frightening. It's just yeah. frightening. Okay. Uh, and, and there's not much you can do about it. I, I, no, you, there's not. No. I mean, it's no. Uh, yeah. So, so sorry, folks. There's no no answer. The, the, the Massachusetts has the Healthcare Connector, which is a website that would help people uh, basically look for insurance if they need some on their own. But it's also a place you can look for supplemental insurance. Yeah. Okay. And you can enter like your your prescriptions that you take, I think, yeah. right? Or something and yeah. kind of match a policy yeah. that's appropriate. And you know that the kind of sad thing for that is that there aren't there's not a lot of money in supplemental health care insurance for insurance folks. And, yeah. and the peop- there's not a lot of help Those available. people are few and far between. Yeah, and we know some stuff about that, but not as yeah. much as we probably should. So yeah. there's no resources for folks, okay, other than maybe your local senior citizen. Yeah, areas. shine counselors. Yeah, or uh, maybe some yeah. ARP, or somebody on ARP, but there's, there's not enough resources out yeah. there for the folks who have issues paying for that. P- you know? Peter Stoner has been yeah. on our show yeah. before. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. He's like he's like a he's a he's a diamond in the rough. Like yeah. he's yeah. he's there. Those people are so few and far between that specialize well, in health insurance supplements for retirees. Yeah, that's because he's older, comfortable, and can afford to do yeah. that and feels good about doing it. Yeah. You know? So he yeah. he's like a gem, yeah. and um, and he doesn't. It's, there's no out of pocket. A cost to engage him just so yeah. just for example he's a medicare supplement specialist yeah. and his website stonermedicare.com he's yeah. been on our show before yep. so for people looking to either reevaluate or looking you know turning 65 and going on medicare and looking for supplemental plans it's really great to have a professional help you navigate that and, yep. and pick the appropriate plan and it's hard to find um, one yeah no. yeah so for, he's great and hopefully he'll work forever but unfortunately that won't be the case so unfortunately when it comes to health care insurance we got nothing folks it's just kind of the way the world is, yeah. and you got to deal with it. And it's just it's you got to pay for it's it. It's frightening. It's yeah. absolutely frightening, sort yeah. of a thing. Yeah. But uh, that's where it sits. All right, ten more minutes. One more topic. Yeah. You okay. Pick. pick. Okay, we got to pick a short one. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure if that's possible. Let me think about this now. So, okay, we'll do financial emergencies number two. Okay, that's pretty easy. Okay, so, so uh, for some people. No, this is uh, don't think about. This is not a hate. 
Uh, this is not, it might be an ignore. Yeah. It might be an ignore. Uh, but for most people, it's a don't think about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, so the short story is that um, you should probably try to be prepared for financial emergencies in your life. Okay. So, so by the way, financial emergency is not something you can plan for. Yeah. And so it's not a planned thing. It's like a surprise. Okay. And the definition of an emergency, I guess, varies with who, who you are. But an emergency is not taking a quick trip, uh, you know, to the Caribbean for a long weekend, okay, <laughs> sort of a thing. So, so th there is stuff that happens, bad stuff that happens in people's lives. Uh, one of your children's getting divorced and you need to come up with $15,000 for lawyer's fees or, yeah. or to help you. Let, let's say, who doesn't want to help their child or children in one way, shape, or another? Or uh, your, your, one of your children is in business and, uh, okay, just, just went bankrupt and needs to climb out of this or that or the other thing. Or you need to help. Uh, you know, it's usually children. I was going to say, say, it's all oh, my oh, examples are yeah, either yeah, kids yeah. or somebody was out of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, out yeah. of work is the yeah. biggie. Okay. Yeah. Are you out of work? That's a pretty, you know, let's see. Uh, if I guess if your washing machine breaks down, you need to spend 1500 bucks. That could could be a financial emergency. Yeah. Okay, so that's okay. But, you know, the, the, the trick is it's big stuff that you can't plan for. And people want to do something about that or have to do something about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can tell you some pretty sad stories. Well, you could do of our clients who've made some pretty significant sacrifices in their yeah. own lives for the benefit of their kids. And I, yeah. Yeah. I get a little teary-eyed about some of those things, but that's just that's just what people do. So so, you know, the the point yeah. is that if you if you want to play defense in your life, part of playing defense is having an emergency reserves account in a bank someplace. Okay, so to deal with financial emergencies, plain it, plain and simple. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think of another, another financial. Uh, another. I mean, I've med medical is yeah, one. Yeah, sure. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. A significant uh, medical yeah, expense. Yeah, but if you have decent, yeah, that's right. If you yeah. don't have health insurance, you could have a big financial emergency. Kind but of give you know what? Some you know sometimes insurance companies don't want to pay for X Y Z surgery yeah. Yeah. or you know and, yeah. and but it's necessary, but it's but they don't think it is and yeah. Yeah, stuff, yeah and, and by stuff. the way, we could we could yeah. probably spend a while trying to define emergencies. But if your car dies and you have to buy a new car, that's not an emergency, <laughs> or it shouldn't be. You know, so so the definition of what yeah. an emergency is in your life and and how we may think about it may differ but that's okay yeah okay if, if you consider buying a new car emergency then then your emergency reserves ought to be bigger yeah you know, sort of thing. that's okay so anyway it you know for, for years and years and years the folks that that i would meet there'd be a, a good percentage of them that would say well why would why do i need that yeah okay and that's yeah. because they never had one right o okay or, or folks would say well, you don't get paid any money for that. By the way, that was when the interest rates were five percent. I know, and now you literally well, don't get paid well, for I, having I, cash you know, in the bank. Why, yeah. why do I need yeah. one, and I don't earn any money on that? Well, the, the short story is most people need one sometime. Okay, uh, and uh, by the way, you never earned any money on it, and that's not the point. That that's not your investment money. You know, some people w w would say uh, to us, "Give me, give me a good reason for why you should have an emergency reserves." Well, because you won't have to crash your investments if you need $15,000. And there's a pretty good chance if you need $15,000, the market's down 20% and your investments are off 15% and mm -hmm. you're, you're selling from a down sort of a thing. So mm -hmm. one justification I'll pound home occasionally is an emergency reserves will allow you to leave your money run okay, and yeah. not interrupt that at a bad time. So mm -hmm. lots of good reasons to have one as a short story. And how many times have you heard, oh, yeah, I have, a, I have, I have you know, an emergency reserve. They might not use the term, but you're, you know, you're yeah. talking about Rainy it and they're, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, I have this Vanguard account over here. I'm like, ah. well, Oh, is yeah. it invested? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. in a stock portfolio. Yeah. You know, people people yeah. look at a chunk of money and maybe it hasn't gone down much in the last several years. And they kind of look at that as yeah. that's my fallback. I can grab that if I need it. Yeah. But if it's invested, especially yeah. in a stock portfolio or a heavy <laughs> stock portfolio that doesn't always go up and not a good uh, chunk yeah. of money to earmark for emergencies. Yeah, your, your emergency reserve should be liquid money. And my definition of liquid money is you can get at it quick and it doesn't go down. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's how. Yeah, so yeah, people, yeah. that aggravates some people, <laughs> but that's because they never had an emergency sort of a thing. So, by the way, the, so the flip side of that is we have, <laughs> I just thought of this, we have more than a few clients who have 
way, way, way too much money, okay, above and beyond what they really need in their emergency reserves yeah. because they're conservative investors. Yeah, and, that's and a good problem to have. It, but it, it is yeah. a good problem yeah. to have, but I but I just I just have to laugh about it. I'll, you know, I'll say, well, so when's the last time you had a $150,000 emergency, by the way? You know, yeah. something like that. But anyway, that, I, I And I you know if rest. they're telling you they have 150, it, they really it, have 200? Yeah, it, it's under the mattress. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and I'm like, I'm yeah. not asking because yeah. I'm trying to invest yeah. it. I yeah. just <laughs> want to know the number. That's secret stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't tell you about everything. You know, by the way, so so how much should you have? You know, it depends like anything else. Uh, It should be an amount that makes you feel comfortable once you start thinking about all the things you have to worry about. (laughs) You you know know what I mean? Yeah. There there are guidelines. You know, probably the easiest way to think about it is if you're going to be unemployed, how long would it take you? to get back to work. Yeah. Okay. And if the answer is six months, then maybe you ought to have six months worth of income in that portfolio. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, if you're self-employed and your business is up and down, maybe your answer is a year, you know, so, so h- how much is in there? It varies for everybody based on yeah. your financial circumstances and your comfort level. Uh, but folks, you just, you just got to have that. Uh, it's like peace of mind money, you know, you, yeah. you can, you can just feel good about having it. Uh, and that that's okay, uh, but you know, um, what, you know, most of your folks, what, you know, you 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 met most most folks uh, in your clients in the last five years. Do, do they have them? Do they not have them? Where, Emergency where, reserves? Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Uh, most it, people it, have them. Do, do, is everybody pretty much? You know, maybe uh, uh, maybe younger generations of folks are more savvy about that than maybe older. But I'm not. Uh, you, maybe that's the case. But m- yeah. most people I meet now have emergency cash. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's okay. it's. I think most people know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. The people that we meet don't know everything they need to know about yeah. finances and, and yeah. investing, and that's why they have us. But yeah. most people know that they need a cash in the bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot, a lot of people, and I, I tend to agree with this. A lot of people have a home equity line. Yeah. If they have a home equity line open, they yeah. look at that as like an emergency reserves. Yeah. And I tend to agree with that as long as they also have at least some cash in the bank. Yeah. Like I look at yeah. it, that's a great backup to your emergency reserves. Yeah. So maybe your emergency reserves doesn't need to be 50,000. Maybe yeah. we're okay at 20 or 30 if you have a home equity line. Yeah, and if you don't have a balance on it. If, and if you, <laughs> meaning an open home equity line. Right, 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 yeah. right, yeah. right. But yeah, most people, even young, you know, millennials seem to have this down. They know they need cash and uh yeah most people i meet have some cash yeah and and that's a good point so besides what you think should be for emergency reserves okay that the home equity line of credit is a backup and we we tell almost everybody we meet get a home equity line of credit we didn't say use it we just said get one and have it in place and if all of a sudden your emergency reserves are too small because of this that or the other thing well then that's okay you know what it's a pain in the butt to get a home equity line Uh, these days oh i'm sure it's a it's a huge pain really the the the, 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 the the paperwork the the underwriting guidelines oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's interesting that's interesting but um yeah, by the way, in our next show, we'll, oh my gosh. I know, it's already 10 o'clock. Not enough time. No. Your time for summary comments. Lady. All right, Go for summary it. comments. Yeah. Um, that was financial stuff that you don't want to talk about, things that we were trying to address, things that kind of people want to ignore and just uh, sort of come at it from, um, well, here's why you should think about it and maybe stop ignoring it and addressing the problem earlier rather than later is generally better for you financially. So um, we will continue this because there was lots more on that outline. So we'll do a follow-up show. Sounds like fun. You're listening to McNamara on Money. Check out our podcast and your podcast app. If you ever miss a show, just search McNamara on Money on your podcast app. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. That was my father, Mike McNamara, joining me this morning. You can find out more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com. I hope everyone has a lovely weekend, and we'll see you next week.